toleration be the love before pride and exaltation be the love be the love you are listening to be the love transcending through the shadows into a higher state of consciousness we are souls on the journey opening up the conversation to heal awaken and connect ourselves and the planet to a higher vibration of love frequency it starts with you everything you need is within you this is your time i am stacy musial and i am sam fernandez and we are your co-hosts at be the love podcast thank you for tuning in and ascending with us hop on board the ascension bus this is adrian elise of the Supernova Soul Tribe. This is Nicholas David Mann. This is Dr. Brent Satterfield of Inner World Movement, author of Bringing Heaven Home. Hi, this is Dana Parker with Inner World Movement. Hi, my name's Steve Nabell. Here I am with Stacy and Sam on Be The Love Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of Be The Love, Transcending Through the Shadows. I am Stacy Musial. And I am Sam Fernandez. And we are your co-hosts and souls on the journey. And thank you so much for tuning in this week with us. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would be so grateful for a five-star written review on iTunes. Reviews really help the show become more visible and spread the word to others. And if it feels safe for you, I'd like to take a moment and invite you to get centered with us. I'd like for you to begin by inviting you to take a beautiful cleansing breath in through your nose and out through your mouth, releasing anything that is keeping you from being present. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release in this now moment. And take another deep breath in through your nose, breathing in calm, peaceful, loving energy, and breathing out anything you are ready to release. And take one more breath in through your nose, breathing in light and breathing in love for yourself, breathing it out to all of humanity, sending it to everyone in this world, and remembering that you always, always have your breath to come back to. Today, we have Abby Benjamin, Abby spent her 20s navigating waves of spiritual awakening while building careers in both entrepreneurship and the music industry. Though she had many successes, she eventually felt her soul had a different calling, one that serves people in a direct and transformative way. And now she's merged her career background with her intuitive abilities to help others come into alignment with their soul mission through coaching, psychic training, and business mentorship. So thank you so much for being here with us today, Abby. Thank you both so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and so excited to be speaking to your community. Mm, Absolutely. And so let's just jump in and, and why don't you tell us a little bit more about your journey into spiritual awakening and what that's been like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I feel like my journey into 
the spiritual realm has looked a bit different than a lot of others that I've met along the journey. So I am very psychic now, but you know, I really didn't consider myself psychic as a child or when I was growing up. I was really living in the mainstream world for the first 25 years or so of my life. And I went to college, I tried to get the normal job, I was working in um, kind of mainstream America, I was working for an investment company. And I was also struggling with different substance use at the time and struggling with some chronic health issues. And things really shifted for me in about 2015, when I started eyes open seeing spirits and entities and energies around me. And at first, you know, it was kind of tied into my substance use journey. So it was really unclear what was actually happening. But as I was getting clearer and more sober and I was starting, I actually moved from Denver, Colorado up until into the mountains of Netherlands. So I was really immersed in nature. I wasn't around the same people. I wasn't in the same environment. And I was really just with myself a lot. I realized that like something was happening, you know, like something is shifting in my reality. And I had to get really clear on what I was actually experiencing because earlier on in my journey, I wasn't just experiencing like all love and light and angels and things like that, that was around, but I was also experiencing beings that, you know, didn't necessarily have my best interests at heart. So the beginning of my awakening was very radical, um, pretty quick and just like set me on this particular journey and really, um, really required me to open up my psychic abilities pretty quickly to seek out other people in the community that could help me understand what was going on because it was pretty confusing it was pretty scary <laughs> it was pretty intense and you know everyone's spiritual awakening is so different and unique and i think for some of us it just like all of a sudden turns on really quickly and we have to navigate some shadow and we have to navigate some things that are really uncertain and that's really the way it looked it looked like for me and and now i i'm about seven or eight years in and things obviously look a lot different once i've been able to practice and understand more about what's in my reality but that's really how everything started Thank you for sharing that. It sounds like it's been quite the journey for you and, and you've really been led to where you are now. It sounds like things have just been one of, you know, just leading you into your presence. And, and, and so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about, you know, the, the spiritual side of things the or the, um, the spirit guides and the entities that you've had the pleasure of working with. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So the very first, um, the very first being that I ever experienced was actually a very complex being. Um, this was right when my psychic abilities had turned on and I was eyes open, essentially seeing, um, it looked like, like heat coming off of a road, like kind of it, like the air is moving. And some other people have kind of described that same experience when they see energy. 
So I was seeing full eyes open, like essentially like something in the corner of my room. And I was like, oh my God, like, what is that? What's going on? Um, and at first the, the being that was coming in was kind of telling me that it was a guide of mine, um, but it didn't quite feel right. It didn't quite feel right in my body. It didn't really, things like weren't really adding up and I was trying to hold boundaries with it. And it was kind of pushing my boundaries a little bit. And I had somebody come in, a friend in, in a community that I was in, who was very psychic and very um, familiar with the wide range of beings in the unseen realm. And so she encouraged me to ask it questions and ask, you know, who are you? What is your name? How do we know each other? And just see um, how that interaction wanted to play out and gather more information and gather more information. And what that being ended up being was something that was quite complex and it, it did help me in some ways because it catalyzed a lot of things for me and it allowed me to learn about the diversity of the unseen realm while it was also not necessarily like fully in my highest good like it definitely wasn't an archangel you know I can tell you that it was something that was very complex and through that process I then started to open up to a, a wider variety of guides and my you know real quote-unquote spirit guides started to show up and I started to have much more reverent experiences much more heart open experiences when I was interacting with the unseen realm but it took me kind of having a variety of experiences to be able to kind of discern that and make sure that like who I was talking to was really who they said they were and developing tools for, um, for being able to discern that and then being able to pass that on to other people. And uh, one thing that I found very interesting that you said is when you um, started beginning this you know, at the beginning of the spiritual journey, you know, you were these, uh, these entities were coming in and you said you know a lot of positive light entities but a lot of iffy kind of darker entities were coming in too and i think you know and, and i know for me it seems like when when you are starting that process when when you're opening yourself up because i i have seen entities and spirits and ghosts and i've communicated and stuff like that as well um but the when you first start and you open yourself up, it kind of seems like that pretty much whatever wants to come in will come in. Right. Mm -hmm. And I know for, from personal experience that I have had, um, you know, kind of the darker entities come in and they've, they've been terrifying. My question is though, when, when you're first starting out on that, um, how can you kind of protect yourself from that dark energy? How did you learn to kind of be able to block that off and tell them, you know what? No, not today, you know, and, and have that confidence. Cause you know, I mean, I've, I've heard and I've done it myself where, you know, if you say forceful and, you know, with just all this energy that you are not allowed to be in my space, that's more powerful than, than them. Right. But when you're in the moment and you've got that fear, you know what I mean? How, how are you able to kind of like get yourself centered? to a point where you are able to, you know, kind of block out the, the dark? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really great question. And something that, you know, 
has been an ongoing journey for me uh, as I've as I've interacted with with so many different beings at this point. So I think to to answer the first part of your question, it's like more of like how do we tell? Like how do we tell if a being that we perceive in our space is um, of you know our highest evolvement and of mm -hmm. you know pure light or angelic energy or however you kind of relate to that aspect of spirituality. And the, what I was taught and what I've developed and seen really works over time is to really rely on the body's wisdom. Because if we're in our heads too much, we can, you know, there can be fear, there can be thoughts swirling, especially if we don't have our psychic abilities really turned on, then sometimes it can be hard to um, just fully act from the brain and like decide up here, like what's in front of me. Mm -hmm. So what I, what I did is I would try to, you know, clear my mind and then ask my body, body, can you tell me, is it, is this, you know, being in front of me is this safe for me to talk to this person and I see does my body open up do I feel really relaxed does my body contract do I tighten or is it somewhere in between and like and like letting that be okay for there to be a spectrum of experience within that and also being patient with yourself if you're very new at these experiences mm -hmm. and really like taking the time to see how the body is responding because the body will not lie to you the body mm -hmm. will tell you like what's <laughs> who is this and 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 what do they want essentially mm -hmm. so um, so, you know, if you feel really open and you feel really expansive, then in my opinion, it can be safe to start, you know, asking some questions, having a conversation, but to your question, it's like, well, what do we do if, you know, the body contracts or if say we're in a really dense energetic environment, like our psychic abilities are really open and we go to a, you know, a, a friend's house or somebody's or a place where there's say like a lot of alcohol use or a lot of drug use, or for me, I used to work in live music production. So I was walking into all of these different concerts. And though I love concerts and like, that's a, a huge passion of mine. It also tends to be quite a dense energetic environment. Also depends on the artist, depends on the substance use. There's a lot of factors obviously, but mm -hmm. it's like, okay, if I'm, in, I know I'm in a dense energetic environment. So there's, there's a chance that if I'm perceiving something, it could, you know, not necessarily be of my highest good and my highest involvement. So in terms of like how to interact with it, you know, psychic protection is, is such a rabbit hole, but what I'll say is that it really, in my experience comes down to what is going to resonate with you personally. So if you resonate with say the construct of the violet flame, the violet flame is a psychic protection and purification visualization. Um, and so if you, you know, resonate to have a violet flame kind of burn through your body, burn through your field, and then put up some kind of protection shield that can be really potent and finding what works for you. Some people really like to charge amulets. So they have a, a ring that they wear. They have a necklace that they wear that you sit in ceremony with and you charge it for protection before you go into a space. Some people really resonate with crystals. So finding what is going to resonate with you, I think is more important than one particular technique. Mm -hmm. But the other thing I'll mention that I've learned along my journey in this realm is it's not always best to essentially like fight fire with fire. So if you have something come into your space and you're like, get out, you don't belong here, like leave, like this is my space, like that can definitely work. 
Um, but sometimes if there's a fear charge or there's an anger charge or there's a low frequency charge, it can actually feed the experience. Mm-hmm. So that's, so it's good to activate love. So no matter what you're doing, if you are activating a protection shield, if you are asking something to leave, invoking love, opening up your heart space, um, inviting in, if you resonate with the energy of Jesus or Mary Magdalene, um, inviting in an archangel to help you. You can invite in Kali to help you. Again, if you resonate with a deity, you know, asking for help and opening your heart and actually leading with love can help um, diffuse the situation. And the last thing I'll say on that um, is another kind of way to look at it instead of protection is actually transmutation. So we can transmute through our heart center. We can transmute dense energy. If you feel comfortable doing that, like instead of actually pushing it out is bringing it in and transmuting it through the body and the heart. That's a little bit more of an advanced technique, but some people I find are actually naturally doing that. I spoke to somebody the other day who was in my in my field and my network and we just got on a connection call and he was like, yeah, I just like am at work and like I'm just seem to be transmuting. It's like some of us are down here to transmute dense energy and we're doing it without even realizing it. So that's just another perspective I wanted to put in the mix. I love that. And and so that I think can be used with those dense energies outside of us, but then realizing the energy that we have that within so like those emotions that you know what if we get we get triggered you know transmuting that energy um into into love like you know if we're finding ourselves angry at someone or triggered you know um you know maybe whatever your situation is being able to transmute that energy because it's all emotional energy is is, um yeah it's all um emotions are is just that energy so Yeah, absolutely. So I'm wondering, um, so I know you do a lot of work with soul key discovery and helping people kind of find their soul mission and their life path and feeling aligned with that and finding their gifts. And I know a lot of people are struggling with that right now. I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about the work you do and, and what what is soul key discovery? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the best place to start in terms of sharing about this particular type of work that I do is to start with kind of how it came to me. So I had this vision. Um, This was about two or three years into my spiritual awakening. And this was when I was about to leave my full-time job that was very comfortable, quote unquote, if you will, you know, made a good amount of money. I got to travel. I was working remotely. It was really kind of like anything that, you know, a 24, 25 year old could ask for in terms of like their first big adult job. And, um, and I was at that company for about four years, but it just something in my soul was, uh, feeling so uncomfortable. And at that point I still was understanding what that even meant, but I just felt like, so trapped. I felt so trapped. I didn't really, I didn't resonate with the mission of the company. I just didn't know what my next move was. I was considering quitting and I was actually interviewing for other jobs and nothing was really landing and I didn't know what to do. And I had this vision of all of these different keys 
and all of the keys looked very different. Some of them, like I remember the first one I saw, it was like really green and it had all these like vines all, all over it. And then there was one that was like really minimalistic. And then there was one that was, you know, a little bit more like blue and like the ocean and what, you know, what I refer to as spirit, you know, God's source creator, what the message I received from spirit was that each soul is given a unique key upon entering the earth plane. And this key is what unlocks the door to our soul mission and to the path that is going to bring us joy and fulfillment and abundance and alignment. And it's not necessarily always a job. For some people, that's what it is. But for some people, like who are destined to be a mother, you know, their soul key could be, you know, creating um, a really different model of an upbringing. So, and, and to really support that child along with, you know, one of their hobbies, like that could be a soul key. And, but it's, it's really pointing to, you know, soul mission, soul alignment work. And before I could even, you know, quote unquote, do anything with that information, I had to find it for myself. Mm-hmm. So I, so I quit my job without having anything lined up. I went to Burning Man. This was in 2018. And, you know, I, I went to Burning Man and I asked, I was like, Burn, like, please bring me, you know, my next job, like help me find like what my next thing is. And when I got back from Burning Man, two things happened. I got an offer to start working in live music production, which was an incredible journey for me. Um, And I also struggled with um, dense energies that I brought home with me from the burn. Mm -hmm. And then kind of from that, I went into being constantly in a dense energetic environment while also having like all my intuitive abilities open up at the same time. (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, what, what is happening? What is all of this? And through that process, you know, I got to have a lot of fun and and work in live music, but I really like continued to get this call that I needed to activate my intuitive abilities to be of service to other people. So at the beginning, it was psychic readings. I was channeling other people's spirit guides. I was channeling other people's higher self. I was working with astrology. Um, I was also doing like entity removal and stuff like that, because that, you know, has been so prevalent in my field. But then over time, what I was noticing with clients and people that I was working with is they would come in to my field. I, a lot would transform in their reality and they would come into alignment with their soul path. Mm. And I was like, okay. And for some of them, it was quitting a job. Some of them, it was leaving a relationship. Some of it was like getting insight about, you know, an offering that they wanted to share with the world, be it something that was along the spiritual plane or not. And so I really just followed that thread. I was like, okay, like I'm obviously helping people shift and transform their life and come into alignment with their soul key. And I, you know, would have that vision that came to me before I quit my very first job. And it's just kind of built from there. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what it's looked like and it's Mm. been a really beautiful journey and it's still kind of evolving and shifting, but I use astrology. Astrology is a powerful tool. I use my intuitive abilities. I'm, I'm a coach. So I coach people through what's happening in their life. And that seems to be the result for them when they come into my field. Thank you for sharing that. That sounds like quite the journey that you've been on, just discovering your own soul key 
And so I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit more about that. What, how can, um, what is the process you go through to help someone discover their own individual soul key? Yeah. So for me, I really love working with people who are, you know, open to spirituality and open to their psychic gifts. That tends to be people that I attract and people who tend to do really well with the type of work that I offer. So a lot of times we'll start with opening up people's psychic abilities. So we'll under, I'll understand like what clairs are really active for you and how do you receive intuitive information? Because though, you know, it feels like a part of my mission is to help other people discover their mission. I want to help people figure it out for themselves. I don't want to be telling people what I think their sole mission is. I want them to discover it. So I usually start with opening up people's psychic abilities and teaching people about their energetic anatomy too, which I'm really familiar with. So understanding your central channel, the center, the center line that runs through the body with the chakras, understanding how to keep your aura clean and protected. Because when we start doing soul mission work and we start really tapping into that frequency, it usually requires you to raise your vibration and raise your frequency and be in touch with your intuition and know how to clean your aura and clear your field. So I kind of start foundationally where are you psychically? What abilities are open for you? Do you resonate with having spirit guides? If you do, let's get you in contact with them because you better believe your spirit guides are very clear on what your soul mission is. And they're usually trying to point you in that direction. Um, so I, I really start by giving them the tools that they need to start raising their frequency and start to get in touch with their intuition. And what's fascinating is as we do that work, things in their reality start to shift without me even doing anything else. Like, like if we just, that's usually where I start because then things start shifting. And then that's kind of where I'll step in as a coach. I'll step in as a life coach, as a business coach. If something is coming through that they want to experience or they want to offer to the world, I can use my background in entrepreneurship, that investment company I worked for, I was working with a lot of investors and entrepreneurs really directly. So I kind of have that like grounded business mind and also have, you know, steered that into my own spiritual business. So then I'll kind of step in depending on what's happening in their reality. And then I'll also introduce astrology. Astrology is really powerful. Um, you can look towards your midheaven, your rising sign, particular houses, particular angles, your North node to get like really clear on what your astrology is trying to tell you about your long-term mission. Um, and then, you know, transits and seeing, you know, doing forecasts for the future. So I'll, I'll incorporate that as well. And then they just flow, you know, there's a lot of other tools I have. Um, I can lead people through past life exploration experiences. I also do a lot of inner child and shadow work because when we start to touch into that soul mission and things start to, um, things start to kind of encourage you to raise your frequency. A lot of times, a lot of trauma can come up and things that want to clear and our reality can start mirroring back to us what is wanting to be healed. So then I will lean on some inner child healing, some somatic experiences, some shadow work techniques that I know to kind of clear space for what's wanting to come through. Mm. Wow, there's so many little pieces of um, wisdom that you just mentioned that I, I want to 
go into all of it. Um, <laughs> um, so kind of to go into, I, like one of the pieces you mentioned is about psychic abilities and helping people connect with their own psychic abilities and their own intuition. I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about, a little bit more about that and, and how, how you help someone to really tune into that and not only tune in, but to trust that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's, it's powerful to start to start to ha- even have the conversation around psychic abilities, because in my opinion, we all have psychic abilities. Most of us have at some point in our life experienced something that we think was maybe intuition, <laughs> you know? And so just even starting to have the conversation around it and starting to educate people around the different clairs. So I can go through those quickly for people who aren't familiar Clairvoyance is seeing, so seeing eyes open into the unseen realm or receiving psychic visions in your mind space. Um, Clairaudient is hearing, so that can either be actually hearing, like hearing something that is quote unquote not there, or receiving information from your guides or your higher self via like, um, it kind of sounds like thoughts, but it's it's still kind of considered clairaudient if you receive messages in the fur in the form of words in your head <laughs> um clear sentience is when you feel things so you can feel other people's energy you can feel um like if sometimes people that are clear sentient can kind of feel like shifting of weather as well they essentially receive psychic and information from the unseen realms through their body and then claircognizant is an interesting one. So claircognizant is when you just know something. You and 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 these all can kind of uh, co- coalesce together. Like you can have more than one that are interacting with each other. Um, but yeah, claircognizance is like you just know something. Like you're like, yep, this is it. I don't have any external explanation. I don't have a vision or I didn't hear something. I just know that I need to leave the situation. I just know that like this person is toxic for me, even though I can't quite see why I just know it. So even educating people around that, asking people, um, asking people which ones they feel like are the strongest for them. And then there's particular techniques that you can do for each Claire to strengthen them. And also, you know, speaking to fear, some people are afraid to open up their psychic abilities because they don't know what they're going to find. They don't know what they're going to receive. So really inviting um, an environment of safety and creating an environment of safety in a container that feels really, um, really comfortable and kind of creating that rapport and having people be comfortable with me because it's, it's different work, you know, it's, it is really different and it can be really vulnerable for people. So that's kind of like the way that I approach psychic abilities to, to start out. And, uh, something that you kind of touched on that hit the, hit the nail on the head for me when you were uh, discussing before on how you uh, do your process, how to open up people to their own psychic abilities and to connect to their spirit guides and all that. And you were talking about opening up the central line, you know, and, and uh, like the first thing that came to my head was fear, you know, fear, fear, fear. And it's, and for me, it's, it's a fear of, am I going to lose the person that I am right now? You know, cause I, I've, I've, I've heard stories and um, one of the stories I've, I've heard um, that really kind of got me was, you know, in Kundalini, um, your chakras, your, your base chakra, they, they consider it a coiled snake, right? And then when you open your chakras, the snake uncoils, 
and it follows your your chakra line, right? And uh, I've I've read some stories, and maybe I shouldn't have done this, but I did it anyway. But I, I read some stories of people who did that, either figured out a way to do it by themselves or with somebody who wasn't really really shouldn't have been helping out, and they kind of lost their mind. You know, they kind of they did they didn't come back to to the person that that they were, um, and. But but I really appreciated how you kind of explained it that yeah it it is a scary thing, but and yeah you're not going to come back how you were you're going to come back a higher version of yourself, mm-hmm. you know. But that also scares me too because you know I mean I I I'm, I am a spiritual person and you know I do believe that there's so much more out there than we could see in this three dimensional world. But as being a citizen of the third three dimensional world, I also think okay, but what about, you know, like you said, like the nine to five job and, you know, all that stuff that society has been telling us that we need to do with the spiritual kind of realm and, and the kind of stuff that, that you do, it completely, it's just complete opposite of, of that, you know, which is also amazing, but at the same time, it's terrifying. Um, so I was, I was wondering, uh, number one, if you could, continue to talk a little bit more about the central channel. Um, I know, uh, I'm sure a lot of our listeners know what chakras are, but there's so much information that seems like a lot of conflicting information on the chakras is out there. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was wondering if maybe you could kind of, you know, clarify that a little bit more. And um, for someone like, you know, like myself who wants to go up to that next level, but is you know has that fear like stopping him what are some things that you know we might be able to do on our own to kind of you know prime ourselves to to you know be prepared to go to that next level mm-hmm. yeah absolutely i love that that's such a such a beautiful question and yeah so the first thing that i wanted to share that was coming up for me as you were talking is that the way that I see spiritual awakening and really grounding into your soul mission and embodying more of your higher self aspect is more of, in my opinion, becoming more of yourself instead of um, like, I'm going to lose myself or I'm going to lose this aspect of me. I think that in, in my reality, you know, that can kind of be the ego coming in to try mm-hmm. to sabotage what it, what it doesn't know. And like, what is going to change because the ego likes to keep things really familiar and likes to keep things in homeostasis. So it definitely takes some time to really trust in that. And I think it takes seeing things shift in your reality, seeing your body actually feel better, seeing your nervous system state feel better and kind of gaining some evidence for you to trust and like trusting that there is a process around that. Um, And I also just wanted to kind of like plant that seed that in, in my experience, I think it's a little bit more of becoming more of who you really are and like those moments where you feel like your your beautiful personality is like really shining through you just like coming through you I feel like that is your soul aspect you know like that is like your beautiful soul that just wants to be of service to the world and like wants to just blow your heart wide open to like help humanity shift in like a really epic way and um, in my experience I've never lost anything that wasn't holding me back. Like mm-hmm. as I've shed different layers, um, it's, I, I feel, I just feel better. Like a lot of times, like when, when things are wanting to 
leave when we're, when we're being called to release, it's usually in my experience, density in the body, density in the nervous system, things that programming that we've picked up that's no longer serving us. And our soul is trying to point towards what's wanting to be released. Mm. So that's the way that I see it. But I think that that really segues into something that I teach about a lot that I think is incredibly important, which is establishing your own magical reality. So we all have different experiences for the way that we interact with the unseen realm, the way that we interact with our intuition, the way that we experience spirituality, the different teachers that resonate with us. You know, when, when I see an owl, it means this to me and taking the time to really cultivate and ground into your unique magical reality is going to allow you to feel a lot safer as you try new things in spirituality. So I always really encourage not only my clients, but just people in general to make sure that you are really resonating with a teacher, that you are resonating with a particular practice. And, and starting with cultivating your own relationship with your intuition and your own relationship with your psychic abilities so that when it comes to doing that higher level work, when it comes to clearing out your chakras, when it comes to doing a kundalini awakening, you can really solidly rely on your own knowing and your own experience so that you can decide what is safe for you and what isn't. So that's something that I think isn't talked about enough in the spiritual community. I think a lot of people are like, my way is the way. This is the way you do this. This is the way that you do this. And for some people, that doesn't work. We all have our own unique trauma history. We all have our own unique way of seeing the world. We all have different nervous systems. We all have different ways that we're perceiving our reality. So um, I wanted to start there. And then in terms of the central channel, yeah, so the central channel is the center line of energy that runs through the body that houses all of the different chakras and utilizing the central channel is has shown up in like ancient mystery traditions it's also known as the hara line um it, it's been used in hermetic traditions for magic and manifestation it's just like a pretty well-known construct mm -hmm. and at the end of this podcast episode we're going to be doing a bit of a meditation and i'm feeling like giving people an opportunity to play with their central channel might be a good way to see if it if it resonates with you awesome. but the reason for you know like having awareness of the central channel is that this is really where all of our energy kind of stems from not only like the energy in the rest of our physical body, but also our aura and everything kind of starts here. It's like the root, you know, the root of a plant and noticing, you know, where is their density? Where, where are things feeling stuck? Where are things feeling really open? You can also widen your central channel if you're wanting to receive more energy. It also, in my experience, feels connected to manifestation and the quantum realm and how easily we're able to magnetize things into our life because it's kind of showing us how clean our energetic vessel is. It's like everything kind of starts from this one particular line. And in my experience, the chakras have physical associations, emotional associations, mental associations, spiritual associations. And you know, I don't consider myself like an expert on the chakras specifically, but I know the kind of basics of each chakra as a lot of people in the spiritual community do. But the biggest thing I would say in terms of 
the importance of keeping things clean and clear in the central channel and chakras in general is it's not just like, oh, my heart chakra is clean, like cool. It's like, no, like this is where like heartbreak is stored. This is where like chest pain is stored. This is where, you know, your ability to potentially like open your heart up to your friends, your family, your partner. Like it's not just like, ooh, cool, check off, you know, heart chakra done. It's like, no, this is really affecting your reality it's affecting what you're able to magnetize in the quantum field like it's it's very very multi-layered yeah uh, yeah go ahead Stacey. oh no i was gonna say yeah i mean it's just so um yeah just such a complex system you know i mean and 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 not that it's like a one-time thing where you clear out your chakras and then you, you know, it is something that has to be maintained um, daily within every interaction because we're always picking up energy from everywhere and where things are stored. And so I'm just, I'm curious, just um, something with the work that you do, do you notice that some of your clients um, tend to have like maybe illnesses or maybe things show up in certain areas of their body that might be related to certain chakras and have you noticed the shift in in their emotional energy to help with their physical energy mm -hmm. yeah absolutely i definitely notice with notice it with my clients and i notice it with myself and i can give an example of myself um and you know i think that my story resonates with a lot of things i've seen with clients and maybe some of the listeners and people in the wider community but my quote unquote problem chakra has always been my solar plexus chakra. And this is the center of our will and our personal power and the drive to like get things done and our self-worth. And for me, I have struggled a lot with abandonment throughout my life. Like that was, that's one of like my quote unquote core woundings from when I was a child is feeling not worthy of um, not worthy of friends, not worthy of, you know, people wanting me around, um, feeling like I was abandoned, like that, that showed up a lot in my childhood. So what that looked like to me was giving my power away to other people because, well, other people must be right and I'm wrong. Other people, you know, seem to have this life thing figured out and seem to have more friends than I do. So like, there's something that is better about them than about me and like constantly just giving my power away to other people. And a big part of my spiritual journey is that I struggled with chronic digestive issues. And so digestion is, again, like not an expert here, but I believe ruled by the solar plexus as well as the sacral chakra, different areas of the abdomen, different areas of the full digestive system. And I'm pretty sure the spleen and the stomach specifically are ruled by the third chakra, the, the solar plexus chakra. And I specifically had problem areas over there. So that's like the left side of your abdomen. So right under your um, right under your left ribs is your spleen, and then under that a little more to the center is your is your stomach, mm -hmm. and yeah, I've I've struggled with chronic digestive issues, and it's I I've done so many different routes. I've done naturopathic, I've done traditional Western, I've done acupuncture, I've done energy healing, I've done inner child healing. Like I've I've done a lot and cleanses, and I have I have made a lot of progress. But I've noticed that really it, it, I do notice a difference when I am in my personal power and I'm really working on essentially solar plexus chakra um, 
uh, healing and topics and integration. Like when I'm working on that solar plexus chakra, my physical body really does, it really does make a difference. And it kind of goes both ways. Like when I'm doing things to take care of my stomach, my solar plexus feels better. If I'm working on solar plexus, it kind of helps everything. If I'm showing up in the world and I'm really in my power and I'm not giving my power away to other people and I'm really maintaining my own personal power and just again, working on topics related to the solar plexus chakra, it does feel better. But at the same time, I can also feel really contracted and I can feel heaviness and I can feel density here in that one particular area, particularly kind of on my left side. So yeah, that's kind of how it showed up for me. And I definitely have seen it for other people. Um, when I used to do like straight up entity removal, a lot of times I would see something that was like plugged into one particular chakra. And a lot of times that would correlate with a particular issue that somebody was having in the past around that chakra. And it was creating an opportunity, a density, a magnet, a, um, a hole, you know, whatever you want to call it for something foreign to come in because it was at that same frequency resonance. So um, I hope that answers your question. But yes, absolutely. I've seen the, the multi-layered um, influences of the chakras. And I find that very fascinating what you just said, because I to have chronic digestive issues. And, um, and I've found that a lot of the time it's activated by anxiety, which anxiety is kind of a, you know, alternate or like a, a negative proponent of solar plexus chakra. Cause you just said, you know, solar plexus does have the self-confidence. What's the opposite of self-confidence? Anxiety, you know? And, um, that just that just really really resonated with me because um yeah i mean you have these uh meditations and, and all this stuff and you know sometimes you know it's, it's recommended that you open up and you work on all your chakras kind of at once you know it's you know you start with the with the uh sacral chakra and you move your way up you know that's kind of like the traditional kind of thing right um but there is and i i completely agree with you there is you know some uh, chakras in your body that you will hone in on, you know, for specific things. And uh, yeah, I, I have, you know, like I said, I, I have issues with anxiety. I have issues with depression, self-confidence, all that kind of stuff, all housed in the solar plexus chakra, you know? So uh, um, I was wondering if there's like, you know, an exercise or something that you can do. And I know, you know, it's, with with the with the spiritual realm it's never one size fits all so i i get that there's not like a surefire you know take this pill and everything will be fine but is there some type of practice that that i and anybody else who's listening that has this the same ailments can do to you know just kind of get started to work with the the sacral chakra and communicate with it and ask it you know what do you need so you know we could we could basically help each other out Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. So I, I like to start by inviting people to gather as much information as possible. So, okay, what shot, which chakra are we working with? And a great place to start is if you have a physical ailment, it's like, okay, great. Do a little research, see which chakra that is associated with, and then learn about that chakra, learn about the emotional implications of that chakra, learn about the spiritual implications of that chakra, the mental implications, what aspects of life it represents and ask yourself, 
well, what's happening in that, in that form of my life, you know, and there's so many, there's so much research on the chakras too. There's affirmations on the chakras. So like getting information about what it represents and then directly applying that to what is happening in my current reality around those topics. So for example, me, it's like, okay, great. Digestive issues. Great. Solar plexus chakra. Okay. Self-worth issues. Okay. You know, that's from my childhood or X, Y, and Z. I also want to speak to um, you know, potential past life integration and past life experiences. If we had a past life trauma, that can also show up in one of the chakras. But usually it's not just going to be like, oh, past life trauma here stored in the chakra. It's usually more of like a life pattern that's still playing out in your life from that past life that's still affecting that same chakra. So understanding the the multi-levels of the different experiences from the physical to how it's showing up in your reality, to how you're thinking about it, to how you're feeling about it, and really gathering all of that first before you decide to do one particular practice. And then really again, finding the practice that works and resonates for you. If you resonate with crystals, crystals can be incredibly powerful. Um, you know, putting a crystal on your body for a particular chakra, doing a visualization to clear out that chakra. Um, but in, in particular, I'd say like one key component that I've really noticed is, is not ignoring the mental and emotional implications. I think a lot of people in this industry want to spiritually bypass and want to say, I'll put a crystal on my solar plexus chakra and everything will be okay. But they're not willing to look at the trauma stored in their subconscious mind from when, you know, they were bullied in third grade, you know? And so I think that really, I'm such an advocate for mental health, especially alongside of your spiritual journey. And if that means, you know, working with a coach who's trauma informed, working with a psychotherapist, doing inner child healing, doing shadow work, I feel like honestly comes with any um, any significant exploration into a chakra blockage is likely going to lead you to some sort of um, exploration into your own psyche and into your subconscious mind because they each have a mental level. And I feel like that one is um, skipped over a lot because mm -hmm. it requires feeling uncomfortable feelings. It requires going there. It requires admitting things to ourselves. It requires kind of all of that that a lot of people aren't willing to do or don't want to do like me included, you know, like sometimes it like takes us some time and some gentleness and, and some patience with ourselves. But to be honest, like when clearing the chakras, like that seems to have always been the special sauce for me is when I'm willing to go in and do the dirty work in that's like lodged in my subconscious mind and kind of in the mental realm. Thank you for, for saying that. Cause I think, yeah, you know, awesome. I think there's a lot of, I mean, there's so much truth in that as far as like how the spiritual community tends to jump over, you know, the, the hard stuff and want to go right into the light. Right. But we have to recognize that we are like, there's, there's the shadow and the light we have, and there's both and we're human. Right. And so recognizing our humanness as we're going through the mucky stuff too, and working through some of uh, the traumas that are there that are stored and, and feeling the emotional energy that's there. And so you mentioned earlier, um, you know, as people are going through the work of finding their soul discovery or their soul path or soul mission, um, a lot of that trauma might start to come up. 
and doing some work. Um, I know you mentioned a few different modalities, but I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and how someone can, you know, as they're trying to find their soul mission in life, what they can do to really work on healing the traumas, healing the the shadow side of themselves and um, how, how they can be supported on the path in recognizing um, the, the tough emotional stuff that comes up as they are doing that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad that you brought that up because what I have noticed is when you start to touch into soul alignment and into soul mission, I kind of mentioned this earlier, in a lot of, in a lot of experiences that I've seen with myself and clients, things can get chaotic in your world because your soul's like, oh, great, she's got it. Like, let's clear some stuff out so that we can get to work or, you know, not necessarily work, but like get on the path, you know? And and I think that when we do that, sometimes relationships have to die. Jobs have to die. Relationships need to shift. Maybe we get called to move houses. Maybe, you know, an explosion happens with a roommate to like really like bring to the surface, like what's happening. Um, I'm a Scorpio too. And Scorpios are really, about seeing the truth in things and unearthing things and bringing things up to the surface. So this is something I see a lot in my reality. I've, I've, I've had to unearth so much and like sit with so much discomfort. So absolutely, when you start coming into alignment with your soul mission, I mean, I think it depends on how much self-work you've done. If you've already done a lot of self-work and you've healed a lot of trauma and you've done a lot of subconscious work and you've done maybe psychotherapy or EMDR, you know, there may be less, a little bit, it's kind of, it's different for everyone, but at the same time, there's, there's always tests that the universe is going to kind of put in front of us to see if we actually are willing to trust if we are in our self-worth worth enough to know that our gifts are actually going to heal and help humanity if we're actually going to lean into our intuition and that can come in um in situations that manifest in our reality that mirror back to us what still needs to be healed within our psyche within our body what density wants to be cleared so it, number one, it absolutely happens. And number two, if it does happen, my recommendation is to, you know, go with whatever route feels really resonant for you. Is that therapy? Is that psychotherapy? Um, I've done a lot of psychotherapy work. It's been really helpful for me. Finding like a spiritually minded psychotherapist can be really helpful. Like if you feel like you know, you have maybe a really delicate mental state, like you want someone who's really trained professionally with that. Um, and you feel like whatever's happening in your reality is just kind of too much for you to handle. I really recommend like seeking out, you know, a licensed professional for that. If you feel like you, you, you have a pretty good handle on what's going on, but you feel confused about like, how to take a next step and you don't um and you don't really think that therapy is the right route for you potentially a coach potentially a life coach potentially a business coach potentially a spiritual teacher something that's a little bit less of a structured you know therapy setting and something that's a little bit more all-encompassing of like what's happening in your entire reality which i think coaching is really great for um, there's also another resource that really opened me up to inner child work, shadow work, healing a lot of subconscious mind and manifestation. It's a program um, called To Be Magnetic by Lacey Phillips. And it's really like a self-guided 
inner child work and shadow work and introduction to all of this. And her work is really rooted in neuroscience and psychology. They have like an on staff, like really well-renowned psychologist that kind of explains the science behind all of the different work she does. And it's journal prompts and meditations and visualizations and like loosens up the subconscious mind to bring it forward in order for you to heal it. So that's like another resource for people who want to go there, but want to have it be a little more self-guided. It's pretty affordable too. So that would be a recommendation for me. Um, or yeah, you know, find, find someone who does work like I do find, find somebody that you really resonate with or put it out into the universe. Like, Hey, I'm struggling with X, Y, and Z. Like, please magnetize into my reality. Somebody that can really help me get to the next level and help me break through this. And I find that when we lead with that intentionality and we're like, Hey, I hear you. I see you. I feel this help me <laughs> like mm -hmm. send me someone that can help me <laughs> like usually something comes in pretty quickly so that that would be another recommendation <laughs> absolutely i think that's really um good advice and um and, and you know as, as i'm a psychotherapist as well and so like i've been i work with a lot of people with trauma and you know i do emdr and it's been like you know interesting um you know, when, when I'm working with someone and, and they're really, you know, ready to, to jump in, you know, I see so much healing take place. Um, and, and I know you, you mentioned, um, you know, maybe coaching and, and one of the things that I've also seen that, you know, I think, um, there's, cause there could be a balance of both. Um, but when we start to, if someone goes to a coach, maybe too soon and they start working on you know the stuff and forward you know focused then sometimes the trauma starts to come up in other ways and and uh, because i was just talking to a coach the other day actually about this um and they feel like maybe not as equipped to handle the trauma pieces that come up for someone so recognizing when that might come up um and when when to seek out maybe more like trauma-based trauma-informed therapist or a trauma-informed coach um so they there are there are coaches that do uh specialize in in that kind of work as well so i just wanted to plug that in there because i think sometimes it can um be you know sometimes therapists get you know that um maybe a bad rap for you know, not being effective or, and in what you said, setting that intentionality about meeting a therapist that has, you know, maybe more spiritually minded, um, someone who's going to resonate with you and, and work with you. Cause there's, you know, maybe, um, and, and I think it's important to be able to have that relationship with the therapist, you know, especially when you're doing trauma work and that can be really um, important to, to work with. So I'm going to plug that in there. Yeah. Um, but I was also, I'm curious too, if you can just talk about a little bit about like soul gifts and, you know, how can someone recognize, well, what is my gift in this world? What, how can I, what, what am I doing in my life and how can I bring that forth to use on my path and my soul mission? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say that finding and following what is lighting your soul on fire you know even when we are in maybe a job that we hate or like our life doesn't look exactly the way that we want it to we still have experiences that get us really excited so following that without having attachment to what it needs to look like so you know for example even 
maybe something a little more quote unquote obvious is like art, you know, like if you really love doing art and art doesn't feel like work and like art's a really big escape for you and people feel really magnetized to your art and that feels really exciting for you. It's like, you could be onto something there. However, if, if it's, it could also be not as obvious, like you really love um, holding space for, for people in a very particular way. And you tend to see that people come to you with their problems or you notice that like you really enjoy like making people happy like it doesn't necessarily have to be super cut and dry but I think starting to look around in your reality and look at um what is lighting me up what is getting me feeling really excited like what is filling me with joy and how what are people being magnetized to me for what do I tend to be really good at helping other people do while at the same time feeling good myself and starting to take inventory. And if you're later in life, like if you are, you know, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, a lot of times our soul mission has actually been woven into our past experiences and our past careers, even if it wasn't exactly on target. Like for me, I worked with investors and entrepreneurs for four years and like that felt awful. It's like, I didn't like, I, I didn't want to, I was essentially around like a lot of really affluent, mostly Caucasian men. And it just was like, okay, like helping them essentially make more money. And I was like, this doesn't feel resonant with my soul. However, I was seeing all of these entrepreneurs who were trying to get their ideas off the ground and who were doing things that they felt really passionate about. And so now, you know, I'm helping other people kind of formulate that for themselves. Um, and it can also be multifaceted. Like for me, I love live music production and I love events and I love concerts and I love holding that space. And, and I'm curious to see how spirit is going to formulate that for me in the future. Cause I know that that's a part of my mission as well. Even if it's not directly related to my spiritual business, maybe that looks like retreats. Maybe that looks like hosting my own events in a really conscious way. Or maybe that means simply walking into a concert and transmuting energy through my heart because I like to be there. You know, like I think that it's good to take the logical mind out of the equation because it's not soul mission is not something of the mind. It's something of the soul and it's something of the spirit. And it can be translated through the logical mind of like, okay, well, like X plus Y equals Z. It's like, yeah, totally. It's good to like, to, to track that and use our analytical mind to like try to make sense of it. But at the same time, it, it's not really something that is meant to be made sense of because it's something that's flowing through us and not necessarily something that we're like supposed to figure out, even though it's like kind of paradoxical because you're trying to find mm -hmm. your soul mission. So mm -hmm. it's something a little bit more um, elusive in my experience. I love that. And, and thank you for putting that, you know, into those words because you're, you know, I think a lot of people are like, what I'll get there when, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm, going to keep searching for this thing, but it could be that they've been doing it all along and just every part of their path has led them to where they are now. And so they're in the right place at the right time always because they're doing what they have been needing to do in every step of the way. I think that's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing that we can really connect to that and recognize that there are no mistakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's one of the biggest things I see, especially for people in their like 
late 20s, early 30s is, is once they kind of click into it, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense that I even had that pizza job when I was 16 because now I, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like it, you you see that it's, it is something that that is woven in because essentially, in my opinion, we are souls in a human body. And even if we don't consider ourselves spiritual, even if we are not sure that we fully believe that yet, in my opinion, the soul, the soul's still in there somewhere, you know, like having its own influence. And I think that, that it's, if it's harder to see it on a micro level day to day, than if you zoom out a little bit, and then you can really kind of like start to do, take a little bit of inventory and feel into different areas of your life, particularly times when you really felt on fire. Like if you're like, man, like 2010 was like the best year of my life and like all this amazing stuff. Like thinking about those times when you felt so joyful, so expansive, you were just magnetizing things, you were manifesting things. And, you know, we all go through different cycles and different years, but like really tuning into that, those memories, like looking back through your photos from when you were younger and like doing a little bit of inquiry around where, where did you potentially feel that soul spark? Like, when was that really coming through and what were you doing? Where were you, who were you when that was happening? Mm. Love that really reflecting on the times where things were really flowing for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm wondering, um, if you could, if you have that meditation or maybe the, um, you mentioned maybe taking us through, a meditation. I'm wondering if the the central channel meditation still sounds like it would connect for you at this moment. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I can also, you know, in, incorporate with it. We can open up the third eye a little bit and mm. see if there's any particular information that we want to get. Since we're kind of like landed here in this saturation around soul mission. Um, seeing if anything wants to come through, because again, doing something like clearing out your central channel, opening up the third eye, which is part of the central channel is inherently going to, you know, create a higher frequency field and, and open up the opportunity for insight to come in around that. So we can kind of set that intention as well of like playing a little with the central channel, like feeling into your energetic architecture, your energetic anatomy, and I'll, I'll guide us to open up the third eye and then leave a little space to see if, if there's any tricklings that want to come through now that we've kind of saturated the field with that info, if that sounds good. Mm. Yeah, sounds beautiful. Sounds awesome. Yeah. awesome. Okay. So go ahead and have everyone close their eyes. And start by taking a couple of deep breaths. And just noticing how the body is feeling in this moment. Noticing where your body is interacting with the chair that you're sitting on or anything else in your physical environment, just bringing awareness into the body.
And if you'd like, you can start to gently slow down your exhales. Just bringing a gentle awareness to your exhales and starting to slow them down, lengthen them out. This turns on the parasympathetic nervous system, slowing down the exhale. So noticing any shift in your mind or in your body. And as I lead us through this meditation, I'm going to be offering a particular visualization color. And if you see a different color or you're having a different experience, go with what is true for you. So on your next inhale, Begin to bring in divine light energy coming straight from source, straight from the sky, inhaling that into the crown on the top of your head. Seeing it swirl around in your crown. And on your next inhales, pull in more of this divine light energy. Just gently noticing your experience without forcing, without judgment. Just allow what is today to be. And if you can't see it, just set the intention. The energy will still move. So as you inhale in divine light energy, you can bring in as much as you like. And on your exhale, start to invite this energy down the center line of the body. You can bring in more on the inhale, pull it down on the exhale. And just notice, how does it move? How does it move through your third eye to your throat? How does it move through your heart? Down to your solar plexus. Inhaling more in. Exhaling it down.
pulling you all the way down to your sacral and your root. And then taking notice, does it move easily? Is there any particular area where it gets stuck? If it is getting stuck, just gently invite it to keep moving without too much force. And also move your body and sway front and back or side to side to help the energy keep moving down the center line. Once you feel it hit your root, go ahead and intentionally send a cord of energy down into the earth, bypassing any buildings, anything man-made in between you and the earth and just connecting in with Mother Gaia via this root chakra. The root in the crown, people say point up and down. All the rest of the chakras are kind of more front back. So if that helps you with your visualization, you can see the root actually pointing downward. And see this grounding cord growing tree roots like or connecting in with the core of the earth just taking about two to three breaths to set that grounding cord get you very connected to this earth plane and this now moment When you're ready, go ahead and inhale in some third eye clearing, opening energy. I see this as a deep violet. It also has the sheen of a labradorite crystal, something mystical, something out of this world. And trust what wants to come through for you. And invite it in with your inhale and bring it to the center of your head. And exhale it out the front and the back of the head, front and back of the third eye. Opening up this energy center. Two more breaths, inhale in that third eye energy. Exhale it out the front and the back. One last time, inhale it in. Exhale front and back and bring your awareness front of your third eye. 
middle of your forehead, up diagonal from your eyes, right in the center. Notice if you feel any tingling here, you can kind of identify where the chakra is. Inviting it to open, to stretch open, bring to open your center of truth and clarity, inner knowing where the soul translates to the mind. And then from this third eye open space grounded here on earth, central channel activated, brought awareness to. Want you to ask your intuition, your spirit guides, if you resonate with guides, your angels, benevolent sovereign beings who watch over me, my own higher self. What do you want to tell me in this moment about my soul mission? Be open to a vision, a thought, a feeling, a knowing. Be open, trust that you are born with intuitive abilities. You know, your soul knows the way. Take another four to five breaths to just receive without judgment, without attachment. And then when you're ready, go ahead and put your hands over your heart if you'd like. Breathe into your heart center. You can say to yourself or out loud, I receive my soul mission. I am ready to step onto the path of my highest alignment, involvement, joy. I am ready to serve humanity with my soul gifts. Breathing into your heart, 
control any information that you receive down into your heart center if you'd like. Allow it to incubate in this portal. Beginning to sway back and forth if you'd like. Seeing that heart open, activate, expand into your entire aura with beautiful, loving, heart-centered, soul-fired energy. And beginning to make some subtle movements, swaying, circles, wiggling your fingers and toes. And opening your eyes when you're ready. Hmm. That was beautiful. Thank you, Abby. Absolutely. I definitely felt a shift with that. Mm -hmm. Me too. <laughs> and the message, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so did I. I uh, when uh, when you said um, to ask what you know your your soul's mission is, I got two visuals. I didn't get any like you know sounds or feelings or anything like that, but I got two visuals. And one visual, it came in and it was like it was looked like spikes. It's like, oh, that's really interesting but as i kind of studied it a little bit more um a few years back i was on this hike and it was in the middle of the winter and i passed by this uh pine tree and this pine tree had ice formed around the little needles of it hmm. and i snapped a photo of it and the photo that i snapped was what came in was the the you know it was the pine tree and those those spikes were the needles and the ice surrounding it um, and then the second, the second image that I caught was, it was a tiny arm. I don't know if it was a baby's arm or something, but it was a very tiny arm with a little hand reaching out and then another, a bigger hand, like more of an adult hand, but it had like, it wasn't a glove. It was like a piece of red fabric wrapped around it mm. and it grabbed that tiny hand. So I'm not, I, I, I don't know what that means. I, I, I haven't had a, like a, a visual like that before. Usually if I have a visual, it's like, oh yeah, that probably means this, that, or the other thing. But that one, hmm. I got nothing. Yeah. I still <laughs> liked it though. It's still very like profound and, and I know it, it means some type of importance to me. Yeah, I yeah. would, um, I love that. And I think that what I would recommend is potentially if you're open to like drawing it out, like drawing what you saw mm -hmm. and, you know, spirit can be so steeped in metaphor sometimes and maybe um, doing a little bit of like stream of consciousness writing around just like what it brought up for you without attachment. And this is, you know, for anyone who had maybe an abstract visual that came through, like what does that make you think of just writing some words down, like just, just stream of consciousness or whatever you want. What did you do today? Because when we start to journal, it can loosen up the subconscious mind and some things may come through as you start to activate it. And as you know, your intuition sees that you're leaning into your curiosity around it. So that would be a recommended next step for anyone. If yeah, you receive something abstract and you don't know exactly what it means to not be discouraged, but to lean into the fact that, you know, your clairvoyance is turned on you had a, you had a visual celebrate that. And then like, 
it's like a fun scavenger hunt. It's like, cool. What, what does that mean? You know? <laughs> mm, I love that. Yeah. And I know I received the message. It was, um, be here now. And that's the, the message, the words that I, that came to me, um, was just my own path. Um, you know, I'm always wondering, am I doing the right thing? Is this like, you know, am I, am I on the right path? Am I like, cause I'm, you know, maybe it's, it doesn't look like what society might say is the right path or, you know, so I'm like, should I, you know, be doing this or do that? And, and it, it felt like, no, you're, you're on the right path. Just be here and enjoy what you have right now. Enjoy the, you know, just continue to follow your heart. It's kind of the, the feeling I got along with that. So that was really validating, I guess, for me. So. Yeah, I love that. And honestly, in, in my opinion, the world is changing and a lot of us, our soul mission looks very different than what society tells us that we are supposed to be doing to make money, to be of service, to take care of our family. And it takes a lot of courage and it takes a lot of tenacity to, um, to go after what we want and to simultaneously be gentle on ourselves and cheer ourselves on, especially when it looks different from society. And I know that firsthand, you know, coming, unplugging from the matrix and being mm-hmm. sent off into a very non-traditional route. So um, I love that. I love, I love that that came through for you. Yeah. Yeah. And Thank uh, you. any, anybody who's listening, if you, if you feel called to, you know, uh, let us know what, what came through to you, you know, feel free to put it on our, our social media, you know, chime in any way, any way you can. And uh, we'd love to, to kind of see what you guys came up with too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Abby, for sharing that beautiful meditation with us. And, and I'm wondering if you can tell our listeners how they can find you and what you're currently working on. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on my website. It is mirrorofmemory.com. So mirror, like a bathroom mirror of memory. You can find out about me, about my offerings. I am currently um, running a five-month program to come into alignment with your soul key and your soul mission. So if you are ready to dive into that, if you like my vibe, you resonate with my energy, you want to explore psychic abilities, energetic anatomy, past lives, astrology, inner child and shadow, I really incorporate all of that into my five-month program. So that's really been my main focus. Um, it starts in July. So I think when this comes out, we will have just kicked off, but I do do it every year. And then I also do custom packages. So if you want to do two months with me, three months with me, four months with me and, and dive into exactly what you need. I also offer that. And that's on my website as well. You can also find me on Instagram at Abby, A-B-B-Y Benjamin, all lowercase in the space. And those are, those are the best ways to get in touch with me. I'm also on Facebook. I'm just on my personal page, Abby Benjamin. I'm currently in the Boulder, Colorado network. So that, that'll be shifting as I start my nomadic journey. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty easy to find with those three channels. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Abby, so much for being here with us today and just sharing your wisdom and your insights and experience with us. And Thank you for listening to our show. Stay tuned for more episodes being released on Mondays at 5.55 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. And if you've enjoyed listening to our show, we would love a five-star written review on iTunes. And of course, please share the love by sharing it with your friends. 
And if you want to support the work that we're doing, please consider making a donation to our show by visiting our Patreon website at patreon.com forward slash be the love podcast. And until next time, love yourself, love each other, and love the world. We love you. Love you guys. Take care. We'll talk to you later. We at Be The Love Podcast are honored to be supporting the Komodi Foundation, which is a nonprofit organization in Uganda that is working to build a school that will promote and support healthcare, education, skills development, feeding the hungry, human rights, and environmental defenders. Their goal is to work with young mothers and single mothers street children, and vulnerable families who lack nurture as they guide them to become productive individuals, which will lead to a productive generation. Please see our show notes on how to become a donor, mentor, volunteer, or sponsor. Thank you, Heather Lynn, for providing us with your beautiful song to accompany our show, Be the Love. If you would like to learn more about Heather Lynn and her music, please visit her website at heatherlynnmusic.com. And thank you, Chrissy Grace at Leading Edge Productions for the beautiful design and graphics. And thank you for tuning in. And until next time, we are souls on the journey. And thank you for hopping on the Ascension bus with us. And remember, there is always a seat for you.